Good morning and welcome at that time once again. The Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Tuesday, the 9th of January. And yes, it's still shorts and short sleeve shirts weather here in the Valley of the Sun. But I heard that that might change. It may actually get, well, we'll call it Arizona cold here in the next few days. Maybe we'll join the rest of the world. I will threaten. I may wear pants sometime before the week is out, uh, but hopefully not. It's been a, man, it's been a warm, warm winter here in the Valley of the Sun. Everywhere else, though, seems like everyone's stuck to a water pipe somewhere, but hey, that's why you all come down here and spend your uh, snowboarding months in the Valley of the Sun. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website, at allamericangold.com. Uh, I will say that I'd like to take credit, but I cannot. Wendy has done it. The medals program is gone. I mean, well, it's all shipped out. So if you're uh, looking for that, all of those are they're in the mail. As they say, the check is in the mail. Your medals plan shipment is in the mail. If you want to sign up for that, there's a Always, you know, it's always good to start at the beginning of a quarter, but you can sign up at any time. Uh, if you want more details about just what that medals program is, you can go out to our website, and along the top there, uh, it's one of the, uh, I don't know, menu options there, and you click on that, and you can read all about it, but it's, it's a great way uh, to pick up products. Uh, I have a bunch of stuff left over, so we're going we're gonna to empty out the vault today as well, so stay tuned for that. I don't did you see the national championship game last night? What a game. Uh, Georgia and Alabama. And I'll, I'll be honest, I have not watched much football. And maybe I'm just like everybody else, you know, ESPN and all the ratings are down. I just I just haven't been. Uh, I think the, the whole anthem protest in the NFL started this trickle-down effect for me, but I, I, I was watching last night. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched quite a bit of it, and, and uh, Alabama pulls it out at the end, and over time they they put a kid in, a freshman at quarterback at the start to half. The kid really hadn't played all year long, and and he leads them uh, to victory, and, and my heart goes out for Georgia. They played a great game. It was well, a lot of those guys we're going to see on Sunday, I bet. But I thought uh, I thought Georgia had it. Georgia kicks a field goal in overtime, and at Alabama on their first play, this this freshman quarterback gets sacked in way back. I mean, in in out of field goal range, and all the announcers are like, ah, oh, he made the freshman mistake, and then the very next play, forty-one yard touchdown, game over. Alabama wins, and uh, well, I, I always say this, even when I because. I'm not. A, I don't follow Georgia. I don't follow Alabama. Uh, but you always want if if you're not one of the the backers of the two teams playing, you want a good game. You got that last night. Uh, so that's what I did last night. I did. I watched uh, the national championship game. My my wife watched it. My kids. You know, it, it's weird. So my younger son has basketball practice during the game, and. My older son was like, yeah, I'm going out to my buddies to watch the game. And so my wife and I, uh, which I will say almost never happens, we actually sat down together briefly. Well, it didn't last, but maybe the first 
quarter or so, and then she got bored. But uh, we sat down, watched the part of the national championship game, and then we watched the overtime. And and uh, then when my my kids got home, we talked all about it. So anyway, yeah, that's what I did. And and uh, congratulations, I guess, to Nick Saban. I guess that's the sixth title uh, for Alabama. I think that ties Bear Bryant. Uh, the legendary coach there at Alabama. Enough about sports. A lot of stuff to talk about. We've had our very first profit-taking session in gold in weeks. Uh, It's not big, but it's something. Gold's down $7. Uh, So there is a a pullback opportunity. And and again, I don't think it's going to be a big pullback here, but but down seven the first time in in about three weeks that we've had gold. I mean, gold was down a dollar yesterday, so I don't really count that. Uh, but down uh, down seven dollars in change today. Uh, we had very little economic data out. Uh, most of the the pullback there was the dollar rose a little bit uh, about 20 or 30 basis points this morning uh, not cuz anything we did great uh the chinese uh were readjusting their their peg and how they do stuff and that that gave the dollar uh, a a small lift at least a brief lift uh but i expect uh, that not to last very long the minneapolis federal reserve president he was out talking today. We'll tell you what he talked about. Uh, median family net worth. Uh, that was out. Very interesting numbers uh, out of that as well as how is the country as a whole doing. And I think it's very reflective of what we've seen uh, with as we watch these recessions unfold, as we really get into uh, the last what do you want to call it, 50 years or so? You know, we went off the gold standard in 1971, and we've kind of been in this pattern now uh, since the 80s. And we'll talk about that today. Uh, India announced uh, its gold imports. Uh, they surged uh, in uh, in India. Gold imports were up 67% on skyrocketing uh, retail demand. Caught everybody... Uh, off guard, but the numbers are in for 2017. 855 metric tons is the Indian gold import number. Uh, it is the world's second largest consumer of gold. So, you know, you think about they imported 855 metric tons, they mine about 2,000 metric tons. You get the picture. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. That is our toll-free number. Uh, We have a... We're going to empty out the vault. Uh, Wendy and I put together uh, all of the the numbers. We have a a smorgasbord of of items. Uh, So whatever you're... You know, if you're looking for gold, we got it. If you're looking for silver, we got it. Uh, if you're looking for some fractional, we got that as well. We, we really don't have a whole lot because I did, well, yeah, it's I did not the metals plans yesterday. It's not volume, but it but it, it, it let's just clean it out. Yes, we okay. like to clean out. And then I'm going to make it all worth your while. So we have 
six MS sixty two libs. libs. Okay, six MS sixty two libs and five MS sixty two Saint Gardens. So there's all That's six it. and five. That's it. That's all we have. That's so it's six it. and five. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. What? Thirteen seventy five because I want them gone. So that that's twenty dollars below the libs are twenty dollars below the ungraded. Right. The saint it's even more than that, right? It, right. And you're doing them at the same price. Less than, yeah. They're right. yeah, they're both the lib or saint, either one. Uh, we've got six MS sixty two liberties, liberties, five MS sixty two saints. That's right. Right. Both either or. Right. At thirteen seventy five. Yes. Which when, makes when those gone, right, but that makes them the cheapest gotcha. than anything we've got as far as twenty dollar gold pieces go. Yes. Uh, then we have twenty eight rolls of silver eagles. It's back dates, and well, let me tell you about it. It's not just back dates. No. No, no, no. I didn't look at uh, it. the vast majority of them are going to be. The 1990 variety back really? dates. Yes. So there's a difference there because you think you know that now you're talking about all. And I know, like from like 93, 94, 95, 96, they all carry premiums now uh, because of uh, you know you think about all of the years where uh, we we're doing 30, 40, 50 million ounces in in and in, uh, in the 90s. They were doing six, seven, eight million ounces of silver eagles, so there's not nearly as many of them out there. So, but we do have twenty eight rolls, yes. three ninety five. So this would be like a metals paint plan type pricing, three ninety five, which is nineteen dollars and seventy five cents. So that's about two dollars and seventy five cents over spot. On on a world, it's cheaper than like right. buying it by the case. Right. right. Uh, so we got twenty eight rolls of that, and then the last thing we've got, we've got forty one. Well, very specific, Wendy. Forty one, one tenth ounce still left. Again, those are one forty two on the one tenth ounce American Gold Eagle at eight hundred. Nine five one zero five nine two. You know, we're going to clean out the vault. Listen, take the time to to put things away. You know, I, I one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, I think about when when things get hard and people start, you know, they start praying to God for, oh, God help me get out of this and that and the other. And and these are, you know, what they normally they they don't go to church. They're not, uh, you know, God fearing people, but yet that's what they'll do. Uh, because they're not prepared. Take the time to be prepared uh, and put some products away, and and you'll you can be a lot more self sufficient when these things when the bad times come. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. And and again, very interesting. Nobody wants to. And this is a great time for these central bankers to come out and say what they really mean, because no one's paying attention, right? Everyone's still got the holiday highs, and and, and nobody's really uh, out in, in not a lot of economic data out. We got the tax cuts, and everybody's feeling good. The retail holiday was, was, wasn't horrible, and 
and very interesting what's really happening. Uh, we, we saw yesterday already now, hey, we're going to go to 4%. They're not going to do it yet, but they know this is the next step in the process. We're going to bring our interest rates back down to zero. We're going to get quantitative easing again. We're probably going to change uh, the the target rate. And then uh, Neil Kashkari, he is the Minneapolis Federal Reserve President. And for those of you that don't know Neil, he was the guy that was in charge of TARP. And so... I would like to think that experience had given him far more insight into uh, the banking system than anybody else. One of my big complaints about the Federal Reserve is none of them have any real-world experience. Right, these are all uh, academic people, right? I went to Harvard or Yale. I studied economics, and and I as soon as I got my doctorate, I became a professor, and then I started teaching, and now I got this government job. But they really never did anything. Kashkari is one of the very few that has. If he got his way. The nation's biggest banks would need to keep a lot more cash on hand. Now, remember, we talked about too big to fail. And I know no one wants to talk about it. We want to pretend like it didn't happen. It happened. Neil Kashkari today said, listen, it's going to happen again. Then the reason it's going to happen again is because we allowed these too big to fail banks to stay in business. And if we're going to allow them to stay in business, then let's be realistic about how much they need to hold back. And and what he's talking about is is the the loan to deposit ratio. We want these mega banks to hold more of their own assets and the loans that they're making. Pretty simple. But it's the amounts that he was talking about. He says that they're going to be releasing its recommendations, the Minneapolis Federal Reserve, and and he just said that we need to, to double the capital requirements of the biggest dozen banks in America. And I mean and you know, I thought that was a really specific number. A, a the dozen largest banks in the country, which when you get to the top dozen, you probably have somewhere in the and I'm gonna guess somewhere between ninety to ninety five I know it's oh, it's gonna be over ninety, but somewhere between ninety to ninety five percent of all deposits are going to be in these banks. Uh, this was during a, a Q&A uh, answer session that he had earlier this morning. He said the Minneapolis Fed is about to release the final versions of our plan. He acknowledged that the position he has been taking about big banks has not been popular. Some have expelled me, he said, 
of his friends in the banking industry. Some of my good friends are really angry that I came out and said the biggest banks are too big to fail. I remember they were allegedly supposed to have fixed it. And, and he and Neil knows. This guy knows. They didn't fix it. They essentially put the depositors at risk. That was how they fixed it. Former PIMCO executive and treasury official and California gubernatorial candidates and all the rest have been railing against the financial industry titans for years, charging that conditions exist that could still cause another crisis despite the myriad of additional regulatory burdens. Yeah, right, then, of course... Remember, uh, Trump's rolling back a lot of these burdens. And, and and I will say this. Most of them are ridiculous. The only parts that aren't ridiculous pertain to these mega banks. We should break them up. All of them. I mean, that should have been the answer 10 years ago. It's still the answer today. Kashkari said banks should have to follow capital rules similar to those imposed on ordinary borrowers. Makes sense, doesn't it? Hey, if you're going to make the ordinary guy to put 20% down, well, the bank should have 20% down. If we made the banks put 20% down in terms of equity on their own portfolio, we would actually protect taxpayers against future bailouts. Again, though, remember what I've always told you. They didn't make these rules to protect you or me. They make it sound like they did. Right? They always want to come out on TV and tell you that they're there for you and they're fighting for you. And little did you know your elected officials didn't care one little bit about you. Listen, these Federal Reserve governors, they don't care about you. They care about their banks. They care about their buddies. We can't control everything, but right now these too big to fail banks only have about half the equity they actually need. If we can identify the risk, do the analysis, and put forward a sensible solution, then other legislators and policymakers can take it forward. Uh, that was Neil Kashkari this morning. And you start really thinking about now uh, when you had Patrick Harker, uh, then you had the Cleveland Federal Reserve president. Her name escapes me right at the moment. They were talking yesterday about all of the things that they're going to need to do and you start putting and you got to put all of these pieces together right you know it would be so much easier wouldn't it if they just came out and laid all of their cards on the table but they never do it that way and the one thing in in Kashkari's presentation as he was talking about and they're getting ready I can't wait for it to come out is to kind of let everybody know, hey, you know what? When we had the opportunity to fix it, right, we didn't. 
and instead we told everybody that we fixed it. But in actuality, all as we did is put the the depositors on the hook. And so remember what he's worried about, because the next time, and, and again, I'm going to say it again. The FDIC insurance is a it's a it's a Ponzi scheme. It's not even Ponzi. It's just a scam. It's not it's actually it can't be done. They don't have any money. The FDIC doesn't have anywhere near the amount of money. You know, just the three largest banks by deposit, and and it's almost four because one one of them is just under the one trillion mark. And so, you know, when you get to the top 12 banks, I'm guessing the the smallest of them has $500 billion of deposits, right? The, the FDIC insurance fund has like $30 billion in it. So you can do the math. I mean, I think J.P. Morgan, if I, if I remember correctly, I think they have... Uh, the the highest number of deposits, and it's like $1.4 trillion. And so remember what they did with Too Big to Fail. They said, okay, we are going to prevent the government and the Federal Reserve from bailing out these banks the next time. Instead, We'll get it from the depositors, and Kashkari's trying to make sure the depositors aren't left holding the bag. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Robert Mueller's ongoing investigation of Trump supporters is the only part of government that has no budgetary constraints and no real accountability. Its lack of proper oversight resulted in a political opponent of Trump, FBI agent Peter Strzok, apparently leading the biased questioning of Lieutenant General Michael Flynn that caused his downfall. The partisan agent has since been reportedly removed from the Mueller investigation, but not until after the injustice occurred. The right to an impartial investigator is fundamental to our legal system, and General Flynn was unjustly deprived of it. The FBI declared, When the FBI first learned of the allegations, the employees involved were immediately reassigned, consistent with practices involving employee matters. But the flaw is that there has been no proactive oversight of Mueller's out-of-control investigation, and no meaningful steps taken to ensure that bias does not taint the process. We have three branches of government, and the Department of Justice is part of the executive branch. Yet President Trump has been misled by his advisors to believe that he cannot supervise his own department or fire employees who fail to ensure impartiality in the investigations. In addition, Trump should fire those who are failing to properly supervise the Mueller investigation. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein should be politically accountable for everything that Mueller does. And when there is a lack of oversight on his overreaching, then Mr. Rosenstein should be fired. Congress properly rejected the concept of an independent prosecutor nearly two decades ago, and Justice Antonin Scalia wrote against it as being unconstitutional. Similarly, the advice that President Trump has been receiving that the Department of Justice must somehow be independent is contrary to our Constitution. 
Phyllis Schlafly felt an incoming president should take control of all of the executive branch to ensure loyalty to his mandate. It is long overdue for Trump to invoke Harry Truman to say the buck stops here and stop the injustices coming out of his Department of Justice. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, 800-951-0592. We are clearing out the vault, the first pullback in gold uh, since the middle of December. Uh, gold's down $7.50, uh, $1,313 right now. Uh, we have just a, a little bit of everything. We've got some MS. 62 Liberties and St. Gaudens. Uh, those are the mint state coins. Uh, these were coins that uh, never made it into circulation. Either somebody got a new one from the bank and put it in the sock drawer, or they never left the the treasury bag, so they're encapsulated to come in this, the hard plastic case and all of that other great stuff. But you don't have to pay the premiums that you do everywhere else. Uh, what are left on the MS-62 Liberties or Saints, you pick it, 1375 which makes them less than raw 20, the un, less than, than the ungraded ones uh, that we normally sell. Uh, we have rolls of silver eagles. They're here. They're in stock. The vast majority of, of them from the 90s. There's uh, a bunch of them uh, that I saw back there, 1993s that I saw. Those are 20 years old already. Uh, they're 395, right? So you're talking about uh, silvers uh, down 13 cents at 1701, uh, 1975 on these. So what, $2.74 over a spot? Just amazing opportunity. And then the uh, the tenth ounce, whatever's left on the one tenth ounce, that's the fractional gold coin uh, at a hundred and forty two dollars. I mean, you know, going three weeks without a pullback, a great opportunity to get in. These are all here; they're all live at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. You know what's funny is, is we used to say it a lot about how China was building. Uh, I forget what the number we're using, three or four Manhattans every year. In 2017, there was 144 new buildings that were 660 feet or taller, which is about 60 stories, you know, give or take. I mean, it's... 10, 10 feet a story, 66 stories, and maybe there's, you know, 10 and a half feet, whatever. Let's call it 60 stories or taller. 144 buildings in the world, including what they call uh, super tall buildings. There was 15 of those 
which were at least 980 feet high. So, you know, looking at 90-story type buildings. According to, I didn't even know, (laughs) there's a council for everything. The Council on Tall Buildings and Urban Habitat. Okay, you learn something new every day. As they broke down where all the tall buildings came from. So remember, the 144 buildings of at least 660 feet, 76 came from China. We had 10 in the United States. By the way, you know what's funny is Seoul, South Korea had seven, by the way. Uh, Canada had five. You get the drift. Uh, Indonesia had five. United Arab Emirates had four. No one. China had 76. We had 10. South Korea had seven. Uh, that, that was the top three. Uh, and I only point that out. By the, by the way, North Korea, four, uh, in case you were keeping score at home. Uh, and I only bring that up because it's really important to understand all of these things. You know, when it's, it's really hard because I get it, right? They're talking about, you know what, it's, let the good times roll and the Dow's at 25,000 and, and all of these great things are going to happen. And, and everybody, listen, we always fall into the trap. And it's good to get a little slap of reality about who's really, you know, wagging the tail here. The Chinese built 76 skyscrapers. We built 10. And I bring that up because when you start thinking about how all of this is going to play out, it's it's very easy when you start thinking about, when you start following the money. And we always say that, you know, anybody always says, well, follow the money. If you follow the money, you'll get to the root of all that. And you listen to what Neil Kashkari said today. Well, if you follow the money, our big financial institutions, which 95% of all Americans have their money in, they really aren't on solid ground. And then you start thinking about how we are what? eight, nine days away from China for the very first time launching futures contracts that will be settled in their own currency, and you start thinking about the the ramifications of all of the foreign currency reserve holdings and, and the amount that our deficit and the treasury bonds that we need to issue need to rise over the next 10 years. Then you think about what Patrick Harker said yesterday. I know it's complicated, but it really isn't. Hey, we're probably going to have to get rid of that 2% target and uh, I don't know, maybe we got to go to 4% or 6% or 8%. And the reason why he would, why would he say something like that? Why would we need to go to 4 I mean, you guys just came up with this 2 number not even 10 years ago. This is quote-unquote inflation targeting. And I know in his little speech yesterday he used a different term, didn't even use the word inflation. And... and 
Of course, I tell you all the time, they use the wrong word. Right? Inflation is not the word he's talking about. What he's really talking about is the devaluation of your money. But if you said it like that, people may actually pay attention. What? What? What do you mean you want to take my hundred grand and only make it worth ninety-eight? Now he's talking about making it worth ninety-six. Could you imagine a four percent target? Right, four percent ten years later, you lost forty percent of your money. Well, you lost forty percent of your buying power, right? You didn't lose any of the money that I easily left you with the hundred grand. <laughs> ten years later. Right, it only really gets to 60 grand worth of stuff. Very, very interesting. Follow the money, follow the skyscrapers, follow the gold. That's what we're going to do next. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be right back after the break. 800-951-0592. That is the toll-free number. Uh, we are cleaning up the vault here. Everything we're running today is in stock. If we don't sell out, this this show will run again tomorrow. Because, uh, quite honestly, I got nothing better than this. You can't beat what we're doing today. Uh, we've got Mint State 62 Liberties and St. Gaudens 1375. Uh, I'm speechless at how great of a of a deal that is. Rolls of Silver Eagles. Uh, all the way down to 395 uh, and one tenth ounce gold eagles at a hundred and forty two dollars uh, at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two if this show's replaying tomorrow it's because you know I got nothing better than that we talked earlier in the program you know you follow the money you follow the gold uh, yesterday we reported the United States uh, was in gold deficit in 2017 uh, because of exports uh, over almost 500 metric tons of gold exports last year. Uh, India announced that that their total net imports was up 67 percent from 2016 to 2017, 855 metric tons, according to the World Gold Council. The rebound pushes uh, uh, India, the world's second largest consumer of gold behind China, uh, again, adding big support uh, to the price of gold. Uh, They said that, uh, and here's how it broke down. 855 metric tons, I'm sorry, Eight, yeah, 855 out of India. China is going to produce, and their numbers aren't quite out yet, but remember, we recapped them, I think it was a November number. And, and their gold production was falling in China uh, from about 450 million uh, they're gonna. They think they're only gonna do about 415 metric tons, which China doesn't export any of that. So that's 1,270 metric tons. If you take India's imports, China's mined supply, 
Then you add in China's imports, and this one's a, a harder number. China dry, you know, tries to, to hide it as best they can, but, but it's about a 1,000 metric tons. That, that puts the number at 2,270 metric tons. And the total, you know, when you think about total mine supply, I mean, that takes it all. That's all of it. There is no, there, there isn't any more of it. And we haven't factored anybody buying a gold ring, a gold necklace, a gold bar, or a gold coin uh, in the entire world. You know, you have some scrap, right? There's some scrap gold out there. Uh, and all of these numbers are going to be coming in, but but it's there is no doubt that as gold production continues to fall, and you start looking at at uh, the gold prices, of course, India uh, coming back, and and we knew they would, and there's reasons that some of these things happen uh, in in India where they they stocked up really big at the end of 2015 because there was a new tax law. Uh, so then 2016 was way down, and people were talking about, you know, and they misrepresent the truth, and they were trying to make this big deal about gold demand and all of this other stuff. And then, of course, you know, no surprise to me, here it comes roaring back again, uh, because it really uh, was a bunch of, you know, uh, scheduling and working around a, a tax uh, in India that went into effect in 2016. That pushed a lot of gold demand into 2015, uh, and then now that we're down the road here, uh, India's right back to normal. And so I start looking at this pullback today, and another reason is we start looking at, hey, where are we headed here? Okay, here's the one thing that we know. I could get you some GDP if you let me spend... One point five to two trillion dollars a year more than I take in. It's not rocket science, right? When you start thinking about what is it, what is it that we've really done? Why is it that you're all of a sudden so happy? What that our national debt is skyrocketing and that somehow is going to give us nirvana? I mean, that's just the bull crap that people want to believe out there. There's not economic growth. There's a bunch of deficit spending. And then we just gave away a bunch of money to companies who already had everything going for. Right? They already had interest rate that's zero. Any of the money that they, they wanted to borrow to build stuff, they did it. Remember what I told you about the the tax cuts and the phony baloney that all these jobs are coming back? You know, and I just said, you know, I just used Arizona's minimum wage. You know, it's ten. We're at ten dollars and fifty cents. Uh, not the cheapest, not the most expensive. Uh, just probably. It, it, my guess is we're probably right in the the middle of the pack. But then I said, you know, Mexico pays two dollars. Right? If you had a plant with a thousand people in it, that's. I don't care what kind of tax cut you gave. You're not going to move the job back. Because you're just saving too much money. And I'm just talking about straight wages. I didn't even bring up insurance. I didn't bring up taxes. I didn't bring up any of that stuff because I figured all that stuff, all that other ancillary stuff, 
that pays for all the shipping of the stuff. You know, that's kind of my logic in it. So you're still saving, you know, in Arizona by 2020, it's going to be 12 bucks an hour here. Still saving $10 an hour per person. By the way, data came out from uh, Mexico. A new all-time record high amount of vehicles came from Mexico into the U.S. in 2017. We'll talk about that next. Final segment, Painter Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. You know the specials. We got uh, MS-62, Liberties, and Saints. Either or, thirteen seventy five. Rolls of silver eagles at three ninety five. One tenth ounce American gold eagles at one forty two. Can't be beat. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Data from Mexico's auto industry shows that the country exported two point three three million vehicles to the United States in 2017. That was an increase of just under 10%. Man, all that talk about how we're going to bring the jobs back uh, went the other way. 75% of all vehicles exported from Mexico wound up being sold in the United States. Uh, The next most popular destination, Canada, which only got 8% of the vehicles shipped out of Mexico. Uh, I guess the one bright spot, Ford, uh, they actually exported less out of Mexico into the United States. Uh, I don't know if it's because they wanted to. They just build a bunch. They build mostly cars down there. Uh, but, but General Motors and Chrysler already have truck production down there. Uh, They said GM exports from Mexico's plants grew by 26%. Wow. Uh, It doesn't give me... Oh, Fiat's exports... Oh, I thought that was bad. Fiat's exports jumped 35%. One factor, they said, growing appetite for pickup trucks. Uh, GM builds its popular Chevy Silverado and GMC Sierra pickup trucks in Mexico. Fiat Chrysler's Ram trucks are also built south of the border, uh, while sales of the Silverado and the GMC Sierra apparently also come out of there as well. But I just figured I'd throw that in there for you. Uh, Exports of cars from Mexico to the United States up 10%. Uh, really dominated by General Motors and Chrysler. Uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't see a Ford truck on the list, so I don't know. And maybe they do, and I, it just wasn't on there. Uh, but, but nonetheless, that was the data that came out this morning on cars and trucks coming out of Mexico into the United States. And and really, that answer it's simple. Right, and and it has to do with the fact that there's no tariffs, there's no there's no there's no anything in there to protect the American worker. One of the other reasons when you talk about why there's no wage growth, hey listen, we're paying you ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, that's it. Right? Maybe fourteen bucks. I'm not gonna pay you anymore. If I if I gotta pay you twenty or twenty five, I'm taking it down to Mexico. If I gotta do that, I'm taking it to China. I'm gonna take it somewhere else. 
Uh, by the way, in case you were wondering, uh, I know for a fact General Motors sells more cars in China than it does the United States. Just saying. If you think, if you want to know where all of this is going, and you want to know what you need to be prepared for, eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is the toll-free number. Clear out this vault and get ready for another great year in 2018. Everyone take care, and we'll talk again tomorrow.